Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings in the name of the Lord and welcome to Warren Radio. This is Tower and I'm here with the Watchman and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence to us through our contact page at warn-usa.com. And you can find Warren Radio on usa.life, MeWe, Parlor, CloudHub, Tumblr, Pure Social, Spreely, and Linktree. And you can listen and download our shows by going to warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And you can also find Warren Radio on the following website streamers, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, Podchaser, and Verbal. And don't miss these posts on warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. American Foundation. The Truth for America. How long has this nation been divided? And last day's deception, ever learning but not the truth. Wisdom of this world, knowledge and always learning doesn't mean you really know the truth. And don't miss these posts on warn-usa.com. Addressing current issues threatening America and our ability as Christian believers to function as lights. The latest classic Warren Radio features one of our premier shows. And also, Babylon's Burden, Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 19. Babylon's burden is true, yet for the missive people in this powerful nation, the fear of Israel's God is a small thing. And be sure to get your copy of the book, The Rising, by the watchman, Dana Glenn Smith. It's a Christian fiction thriller. There's danger and intrigue. Dark forces are plotting. The nation is at risk. Can Matt, can Mac save the United States? The Rising details a takeover of America with dark forces that plot to bring the country into the globalist new order. And be sure to sign up for the WIBR Warren Radio Newsletter by going to danaglinsmith.com. You can also visit our Christian Books and Resource Shop where we feature the Rising and other Christian books as well as resources from our Vision Media. And now I welcome in the Watchman. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us 
on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing good. Doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Here we are. We're still in Isaiah. Yeah, and you know, this is the last day of March, and we've, we're through a quarter of the year already. It's just amazing. And we're at uh, part 127 in Isaiah. Yeah, that's exciting. So we're we're two thirds through the book, <laughs> I think. We might be done by the end of the year. Might be done by the end of the you know, by before, the time the apocalypse comes. Before the Lord comes. Yeah. Okay. Well, tonight I chose Jeshurun, Isaiah's prophetic book, part one twenty seven on battle lines. It changes our focus in Isaiah's prophetic book, part 127. There is no doubt the sovereignty of God had a loving hand of guidance over the people. Here I chose Jezreel is mentioned along with Jacob and Israel. This all presents a picture to us as the people are given hope. Hope that weighs not on the people to figure out how it will work, but hope that ensures that God will do as he says. It is his work, his promise, his mercy, and he will do as he says. And now back to you. Okay, we are heading down the road. Here we are in Isaiah 43. We're going to be in Isaiah 44. And uh, for right now, we are going to be going back a couple of verses and this is where we've been dealing with the Lord as he has given the prophet Isaiah some words. Uh, and these words have to do with everything's over with Judah. They're coming out of captivity. And so God is getting in the justice part, making sure that Judah understands that they had crossed the line and that everything was, you know, Judah sent. And, of course, um, when you get right down to it, <laughs> and you're dealing with God in judgment, uh, as uh, our nature, we do not have, uh, when you stand before God, I mean, it's black and white. He's got the final say. And, of course, in verse 26 of that, this is uh, part of a whole series, uh, and... He says, put me in remembrance, or put forth all your arguments in your own defense. Let us plead together. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. You know, if you're if you're innocent and you have proof, put it out here. Let's talk and discuss about it. But yet what they're going to find out is that indeed they did sin. They did cross God. Um, when you stand before the great white throne judgment or when you enter in before the judgment seat of Christ, uh, excuses are not going to make it and god is already ordained he's he already knows whether you're innocent or guilty uh, but he's here he's going through this uh from the standpoint of the prophet and the people given judith you know this that you're coming out i'm i'm bringing you out of your own you know 
you didn't do anything to deserve it, but I'm doing it because of my mercy. And, uh, but at any rate here, he tells them to bring it forth. And, you know, if they could have brought it forth and proved, well, you know, then I don't know what the Lord would have done. But uh, the bottom line of it is, there's no way that that would ever happen. And then he goes on to say, thy first father hath sinned and thy teachers have transgressed against me. Now, you know, there is no doubt that when dealing with Judah and, and even the northern tribes, they did fall away. Uh, and, and lest the people become too proud and say, well, that was Israel and, you know, we as Gentiles were perfect and America's perfect. Well, I got news for you. America right now, just as one example, has a lot of its own issues. And if she was to stand before God this very minute, it would be trouble. And there is trouble in America and the world. We're having shaking. And this is the time in the midst of the shaking that God uses this to wake people up and make them think about, am I right with God or am I not right with God? And it's hard for nations to figure that way, but they have to figure that way. Because as God has sent, uh, you know, the northern tribes into captivity, uh, not captivity, but scattered among the nations are known as the lost tribes of Israel. And then, of course, you have Judah, who went into captivity for 70 years and came out and were returned back into uh, Jerusalem. And, of course, they did eventually lose that again, especially when Titus went through there. And, and it wasn't until 48 that they actually got the whole land back. So Israel's back in the land. But it's very much so that whether you're a nation or whether you're not a nation really depends on the governor of the nation, and that is the Lord God. And, of course, he has given everything over to the Lord. But when he says, thy first, first father, well, we can all go back to Abraham. And even Paul, when he's talking about uh, the new covenant and, and, you know, Yahshua coming and dying on the cross, you know, death came by the first Adam. And, uh, and life came through the second, which was Yahshua, Jesus Christ. Life came through him. Uh, so, the, you know, in any rate here, we can, some people, you know, commentators, when they look at this, they see uh, Adam, some see Abraham. Well, the Jews themselves, when when Yahshua, Jesus, was here on this earth and he was dealing with them, they said, we have Abraham for our father. And, uh, you know, and the Lord said, well, <laughs> if you were Abraham's children, then you would you would know me and <laughs> you would receive me. You wouldn't be an enemy, in other words. But, uh, you know, they were of those that did not really know him and they were jealous. And that jealousy led them to conspire against him. So at any rate, um, but see, when you go back in the line, line of Judah, we know that Ahaz and Je Jezebel, you know, not only were they in charge of Judah at the time, they were really, really sinners, pretty bad. Jezebel, of course, she had a terrible judgment, was eaten by dogs. Uh, and you can just go back to those two and say, well, you know, if you go back just a little bit, you do have sin in the camp. And it was pretty bad. And we know that the school of the prophets were corrupt. We, you know, the, the whole, the whole of everything was corrupt. And, uh, and when Christ came, it was the high priest, the Pharisees and other officials who actually came against Christ. But a lot of, uh, the local people, um, you know, knew him and believed him and followed him. 
So then you get up to verse 28, which is uh, the last one here. Therefore I have profaned the princes of the sanctuary, holy princes, and I have given Jacob to the curse, and I have given Jacob to be destroyed and Israel to reproaches. Um, and see, they did go into captivity for their sins, but now, of course, this whole prophecy uh, covered the part where they're they're already coming out, and he's getting down to the point that because of all these reasons that he's been going through, including what he did, that he gave, that he have, he had uh, profaned priests, uh, profaned the priests of the sanctuary, um, the holy princes, and given Jacob to the curse, or to be destroyed in Israel to scorn. Well, of course, they weren't weren't scorned because, it, well, today everybody in the world knows that Israel at one time had the judgment of God. I mean, it's like you sin and everybody in the world knows about it and you lost your kingdom and God was mad at you. And, you know, and, and so to this day, you know, between the brothers Ishmael, uh, you know, uh, Ishmael and Isaac, you know, there was always trouble. But see, now, uh, during the time of, of Trump, you know, they did... Uh, the Abrahamic covenant, which brought the two brothers together. And, of course, not all of the children of the brothers are, are happy about it. But at any rate, you know, this, uh, this is a work of God here. And uh, it <clears throat> that's what Isaiah is getting to when we get into this. Because what we're going to do, we're going to change focus as as we get into the next portion. And that's why we have I Chose Jezreel. And, uh, you know, it, it it follows the prophecies of the punishment, and that's what we were all dealing about. You know, we've covered a lot of area in this Isaiah series, and so now we're moving. And, and this part is, is kind of like the blessing following the realization that, yes, God, you brought us out. We did sin. You were just in doing so. Um, I mean, it would have been uncomfortable to say the least, but God did it to make sure they understood this because God in the end is a righteous God. He's a merciful God. And one of the points of this is to absolutely make sure you understand you're guilty and also make absolutely sure you understand of God's mercy, which was willing to forgive you. And that's like when you come to the cross today because of the new covenant and Yahshua coming, dying on the cross and the whole gospel is that, you know, you can be a dirty, rotten sinner. And we got a lot of dirty, rotten sinners. And all you need to do is come to the Lord. And he doesn't leave you a dirty, rotten sinner. He restores you to come unto him. And there's no way in your own self that you could have made yourself righteous. But he made you righteous uh, through faith because you believed in what he did and believed on his son. Uh, Jesus Christ who died on the cross. I mean, this is the whole issue here is that there is sin. There is a God who's holy. There is judgment. You have to face the sins. God forgives you. And then you move on, you see. And, and this is the part where you're moving on. You're glad to get beyond the judgment. You're glad to be beyond the, the, the classroom here by the prophet telling you that you deserve this. This is what God says. And yeah, yeah, we're glad. We just want to move on, okay? We don't want to dwell on it. Yes, we sinned. It was a bad experience. Let's go. I mean, that would be the normal uh, response for many people, you know, in the church and things. You know, yeah, if you have a revival, like in the churches, 
and, and I'm speaking of a classic Pentecostal revival and in some of the churches like our home church many, 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 many years ago. And, uh, you know, it was filled with preaching. It was filled with laying on of hands and, and miracles and, uh, you know, just everything. And there's also those parts of the revival uh, when it begins to close where you have everybody come up the front and you're seeking the Lord and you're repenting and doing all that. And, and you know, th- that's really where a church needs to be. You know, uh, making everything sin-friendly is, is not in the best interest of the church today. And the fact that America is what she is and what she's become, and we have so many churches, tells you that the message has not been of salt. It has not been of light. It has been of a church that is Laodicean, and yet they think they're rich and in need of nothing. And and we are definitely in trouble in America. And in the world, the nations of men are in trouble. And it follows Psalms too. I mean, uh, that's a key. If you read Psalms too, I mean, that'll lead you and tell you why they're doing it all. So at any rate, here we are. The prophet moves from the heavy prophecies of the punishment. And we find the mercy and redemptive here. This is the part where you go, yay, yay. I mean, this is, you're glad to be here because you have the whole thing behind you. You don't want to be reminded by your neighbors. You don't want the nations of men to say, oh, look at you. You you know, you foul, stinking thing. You're finally back in the land. You know, you want everybody to just forget about it. It's, you know, tiptoe, tiptoe around the trouble of spots and just move forward and uh, and the one thing if if we look at uh, Psalm 105.6 I, I love the Psalms but O ye seed of Abraham his servant ye children of Jacob his chosen now see that little thing sums up the relationship between this God and Israel and see, although they went into captivity, he was not going to leave them there. And there was also prophecies that were going to be fulfilled, uh, even for the Messiah. So, and then when you get to Psalm eighty-one, ten through thirteen, uh, <laughs> and, and here it begins like this: "I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt." Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. But my people would not hearken to my voice, and Israel would none of me, or listen to none of any, anything, not have anything to do with what he wanted. So I gave them up to their own hearts' lust, and they walked in their own counsels. Oh, that my people had hearkened unto me, and Israel had walked in my ways. Well, we could say this about America, especially because we did have you know, people in the beginning, all of our forefathers, uh, you know, they do talk about Christianity, talk about Jesus Christ. They talk about faith. And we today in this country called America has fallen away. There's no doubt about that. And, of course, Israel over there is watching what's happening in America, and they wonder, what is the matter with America? It's called sin, Israel. It's sin. And then, of course, you have a lot of people that are flowing over the border now, and we got a lot more coming, and they're all expecting to come here and live a glorious American-style life. Well, this is not that America. You come up here, you're going to be in the midst of judgment, because America's in the midst of judgment. And so we, we are in very big trouble here. 
So when we go through this, we, we can put America right up alongside. And, and the big question for American is, is God going to send us into captivity? Is he going to rescue us or is he just going to out and out destroy us? And so there's a lot of things, especially if we think that we're Babylon, uh, you know, or any other things. But when you look at the sins of the harlot in Revelation and you look at what's happening in America and many of the nations today, I would say almost all of them. Uh, you're going to say that this is an end-time world, and the nations of men definitely are in arrears to God, and they are definitely rebelling against him, and Psalms 2 definitely describes that. So First Peter 2, 9 through 10. Now, see, this is what it says, you know, in the New Covenant, and this is another fresh breath of air, okay? You have the breath of judgment, the fire of judgment, and that circumspect issue of, am I a sinner? Have I repented? Are we okay? Are we going to last? Is this nation going to be destroyed? And, and so many people don't even want to think about these things. But see, God is a perfectionist. He's holy. And, but this is what Peter says. He says, but you are a chosen generation. Now, he's speaking to Christian believers here. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Now, I can guarantee you that not everybody in America is in this description or fits this description of chosen generation. You may not like that. You may think every pastor out there and every church out there, every deacon, everything that's going on is perfect. It's not perfect. You've got sin in the camp. It's time for this nation and these churches and these leaders to repent. And if they're leaders, they'd be leading the way. And we need to stand up and oppose this stuff that this Biden administration and all their bunch of whatever you want to call them are leading this native nation. And, and, of course, they wouldn't be able to lead and get in there if we weren't a nation already filled with sin. And so a Christian today that is in right standing with the Lord, he is in that chosen generation aspect here that's where he is or she is so now in isaiah 44 1 yet now hear o jacob my servant and israel whom i have chosen we find descriptive words and phrases here and i like to look at them jacob represents the supplanter the flesh the spirit of the former Israel represents the promise, the change from supplanting to that to rule of, uh, as God. And when I look at this, I see the fact that, O oh, Jacob, my servant. While Jacob was his servant, Jacob is also the supplanter. And it represents the flesh and the spirit of the former. See, before we were saved, we were like Jacob. Some worse, some better. But when Jacob became Israel, when Israel 
became a fruition, it went from being a promise to being fulfilled. And they went from supplanting or the flesh to that of rule as God, allowing God to rule them. And that's why when we look at the word Jacob, it comes from a word heel catcher. And I think on that word heel catcher, you know, I I think of someone trying to catch you by the heel to trip you up. And that's what Jacob tried to do with, with the bowl of porridge. And that's, I mean, there's a lot of things here. And Israel, now I love, I love this. Israel, he will rule as God. And you can see the two natures here. The Jacob, the flesh nature, and you can see the blessing, the knowing God, and the posterity or the future that you would have with God. And so in this first verse, that's what we have. And, of course, you have the former Jacob, the former Judah, who had sinned against God, went through judgment. God has delivered them out. They're in right standing. And now Israel is standing before him, part of the house of Israel. Now there's another house that God is going to rescue and put them together. One day both houses of Israel will be joined again. They're not there yet. But they'll be officially joined. So you have you have that. And so we see those two natures in there. And then in verse 2 it says, Thus saith the Lord that made thee and formed thee from the womb, which will help thee. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and thou Jezreel, whom I have chosen. <laughs> and, and I love this. You know, here we've got two more descriptive, you know, more descriptive phrases. Judah, the Lord that made thee and formed thee from the womb, which will help thee. See, God knew them from the beginning. And he knew Abraham even before Abraham was born. And so when we talk about roots... The fact that they came out, they went into captivity, came out, they're forgiven now, and God has put them in a chapter which says you were in the flesh, but now you're not. And then he says, I knew you while you were in a womb. I'm going to help you. Don't fear, O Jacob, my servant. And see, this is interesting because when we say, saith the Lord, that's Yahweh. That's the covenant name of God. And then we go over and we say, fear not, O Jacob. Well, see, in the other Jacob, we can see the former Jacob. And then there's Israel, which is the promise. And in this one, he says, fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and thou Jezreel. And he's Jezreel now. He's upright before God. We're past the sin. We're past being sent into captivity. We're past the Babylon thing. Seventy years is over. It's past for you. They're Jezreel. And he is Jacob, my servant. And so he's in right standing. And he's 
Jacob, his Jezeron. And, and, and see here, he says, Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, thou Jezeron, whom I have chosen. He uses another name there, meaning upright. And, and Jezerun is a symbolical name for Israel, but it's he uses that because, you know, I mean, if you get in heaven, we're all going to be up there. We're going to have new names ourselves. God is into new names. He, he's in, you know, have you ever read in Revelation all, all the various things about the, the rewards of those from the churches that are having trouble? See, the, the, the fact that there's a message to the seven churches in Revelation tells you, that not only is Christ in charge of those churches, but he's going to hold them accountable. And those churches can't do whatever they want to. They can't just change the doctrine and say it's okay to do those things. They can't suddenly wake up and say, well, you know, it's okay to do today. No, it's not okay to do today. And, and so we're really in a lot of trouble because we have people that went to some of these backslidden seminaries. And, of course, when you get up there, I'm reminded of what our own theologians told us when we were going through Bible school. They said, you got to be warned that heresy in the church begins at the highest uh, levels of learning in the Christian church, up at the seminaries and universities. And I would say that's true for everything up there. Because we've gotten a whole plethora of teachers down here that have corrupted our children. And we, we have raised generations of people who are teachers and others who are unclean, who teach unclean things, who prey on children. Your children are in danger today. You need to watch over them. So when we're talking about this, you know, the, these, are, these two verses is changing the whole scenario of what you know, what the atmosphere is, what God is dealing with. He's getting down uh, to brass tacks. You know, I chose you. I knew you before him. You're, you're now Jezreel. You know, you're upright before me. Uh, and they went through it. He delivered them. And whether you like it or whether you don't like it, the time that Israel or that Judah came out of Babylon, and and he brought them back into the land. They, they had fulfilled all of that. And there was a lot of mercy and a lot of grace extended to them. But God was going to bring them back. Now see, when the new covenant began, a lot of people began saying, well, God's thrown away the Christian. I mean, uh, uh, Israel, he hasn't. Matter of fact, there's Israelis over there that know Yahshua and have a church and reach out to help Israel. Matter of fact, uh, just this last week, um, <clears throat> a Christian soldier who was fighting alongside there was killed in an, uh, a terrorist attack over there. And he lost his life trying to defend the people. And so that's really caused a stir in Israel, knowing that this Christian was willing to stand up and protect people, and yet he lost his life. So you can't just make some of these assumptions, and and people have, you know. But Israel is is one of those that goes clear on back, and you can read Romans 11 to find out more about that. And uh, 
Now, here's another take on this, too, when we talk about Jezreel. Jezreel, you know, as I said, it means upright. But what happens when someone you have chosen is upright and suddenly turns away? And in Deuteronomy 32, 15 through 18, this gives you an example. It says, But Jezreel waxed fat and kicked. Thou art waxen fat, thou art grown thick, thou art covered with fatness. Then he forsook God. In other words, he prospered. He got lands, he got wealthy, he had lots of food and comfortable living. Then he forsook God which made him and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. I love that phrase. And they provoked him to jealousy with strange gods and abominations provoked they him to anger. Now this is exactly what they did during the time of, of Judah and falling away. They sacrificed unto devils and not to God, to gods whom they knew not, to new gods that came newly up, whom your fathers feared not. Of the rock that begat thee, thou art unmindful and hast forgotten the God that formed thee. Now you see, this is in Deuteronomy in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy is a great chapter, a great book. But you know, you can take this here and you can apply this to America. Because America's waxed fat. They became very prosperous. They forsook the God that blessed this nation. And they lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. The rock of his salvation. The rock of ages is Yahshua, Jesus Christ. And we have provoked him to jealousy with our many strange gods. And not to mention the abominations we do in America. Today we have people sacrificing unto devils, plural, not to single. Matter of fact, we know beyond a shadow of doubt it was in the news that even uh, the, the Satanists said we wanted abortion. We have to have abortion because that's how we worship Satan. Now see, this is where we're at in this country. And we think this is okay. To gods they knew not. To new gods that came newly up. We have all kinds of gods. And we have people crossing the border all the time with new gods. And we have more people trying to pass more laws that are more of an abomination. And so America today and many of the people that live here is just at verse 18. Of the rock that begat thee you are unmindful and you have forgotten the God that formed you, America. You have forgotten the God that formed you, churches. You have forgotten the God that has blessed you all these years. Now that's where you're at, America. And you need to get out of this, and you need to repent, and you need to confess your sins and make an open show of it and stop sitting in your churches thinking you're fine. And also there's the others that are sitting in their fineries and sitting up in their castles and many other places. And people within our government who are passing laws that are an abomination. Your nation is going to hell around you. And you don't even know the God who is trying to wake you up right now. You have no clue whatsoever. From Biden in the White House all the way down to the people on the street that have just gotten here. This is not going to be a blessed land. Unless this country repents. Unless you forsake the gods that you have brought in. Unless you get rid of what you are doing. But I got news for you. The people that have brought their gods in have swords with them. They're willing to kill and they're going to make war in this country. 
there is going to be war on this land. And there's going to be a war that's going to be very devastating. Now, here's another one. Isaiah 41, 10, 13, 14. I didn't do them all. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. This is another verse I love. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. Now see, that those two verses are great. Now, verse 14. This, this follows the little phrase, Fear not, I will help thee. You know, uh, verse 13. This is 14. Fear not, thou worm Jacob, and you men of Israel. I will help thee, saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. When was the last time you were called a worm? You know, worms aren't very flattering. But see, that's how insignificant we are before the purity and the perfection of God. If it wasn't for his mercy and wasn't for his grace, and even with the sinners who don't acknowledge him, he allows you to have sun, the moon, the stars, the planets, the trees, the mountains, the fields, the animals, food, clothing, shelter, yet you don't acknowledge him. See, and and when we put it in the context of what Judah is and how God has brought them out, and he's bringing them up, you know, God knew them a long time ago. And he saw them. They would not listen. They would not pay attention. They would not change. So they went into captivity. And along the line, they forgot a lot of things. When they came out, they had to be retaught the law. They they didn't know. And, you know, the thing of it is, is that God did take them back. And today, God hasn't forsaken them. He's still working to bring Israel to himself. But one thing that he has done through the Christians and through those who love Israel, they work to help Israel. But see, the thing of it is, the covenant with Israel is not like the covenant with America. Because first, as Gentiles, once we start falling away, we just don't even want to repent. We're happy. We think it's going to always be this way. And you've been teaching your children abominable ways. And see, this is just unconscionable. But you see, you go through all that, you know, and and you find the various names of Jezron, the upright, Israel, who says he will rule as God, Jacob, the heel catcher. You go through all of this and the rebellion that Israel really, really did. You find a God bringing them out and through his mercy, through his grace. You know, he already knows all this. But he's making sure they know it. See, that's the issue. 
God knows you're a sinner already. But see, you need to acknowledge that in order to get healed, and you need to go to the Lord. He'll receive you. Not because you're good looking. Not because you're perfect. He'll receive you because you're humbly, you're confessing, and you're coming to him. He will in no wise throw you out. And so this is God's healing process here. And verse 3 says, For I'll pour water upon him that is thirsty, and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed, and my blessing upon thy offspring. Wouldn't you like that? You know, these, you know, Christ said, Whosoever believes on me, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Water represents natural and spiritual waters that flow down upon the people. Spiritual gifts, spiritual blessings. Pour water on him that is thirsty. Redemptive, spiritual growth. Promise to bring him or up with provision as the sons of God. Floods on dry ground, even during a drought, we would find abundance in the harvest and lands and all that Israel does, or even as Christians, you can find many of these same blessings associated with us as believers. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed, blessing that their seed will have the spirit of the Lord and be blessed. I will pour my blessing upon thy offspring. That's the blessing on future generations of Israel. And that's just like us living today as believers. You know, our blessing, yes, we're living in America or we're living in a place that is dangerous. But see, God's blessings are still there. And if you get martyred in the process, whosoever loses his life for my sake in the gospel shall find it. You will not lose one, one thing, nothing. You will gain everything. And so these these are great blessings. I mean, especially if you if you have a God that had sent you into captivity for that long a time, you'd want him to say these things too. You know? I mean, I will pour water upon him that is thirsty. Yeah, we can just like he told the woman at the well, if you would have asked me, I'd have given you waters where you'll never be thirsty again. And she says, well, I want some of that water, (laughs) you know, where I can drink. I'll never get thirsty again. But see, there's that refreshing, that fulfillment. And, you know, as Christians, you have to wait before the Lord. You have to listen. You have to walk in his light. John First John 1 says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship one with another. See, that's the little key. To walk in his light as he walks. And so how much more important was it 
for Israel here to understand that relationship coming out of captivity. You know, they may not have fully understood who this God was. When he, when, when they said, well, we're going to be able to go back. There is probably a lot of them that didn't think that they would ever see Jerusalem again. But see, there's something about the Jewish people. You know, they have, you know, that love of, of the very city that they're in, Jerusalem. And they also have the love of the word, although sometimes they fall and they fail. But you see, thank God for his mercy. And so at any rate, now here's another one. And, and of course, I'm putting this in there because we're talking about coming back. So Isaiah fifteen nine nineteen, and when you get up in those high numbers of Isaiah, there's a lot of great prophecies. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. That's a great verse. Now, see, I still use that, especially when the enemy comes in like a flood in America or in a flood in my neighborhood or in a flood when when you get personally attacked. You know, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against them. Say, whoa, this, they're mine. Keep your hands off. And see, this is a protection. This is when the enemy will come in like a flood. And that's a lot of people. I mean, and in the... When we look at Israel, you could take the example when the Assyrians came in. They came in like a flood and stopped at the gates of Jerusalem, and God stopped them. One day they were alive. The next day they were all dead. I think it was 150,000 of them. So make no mistake. This is a God that means business. And the Redeemer shall come to Zion, and unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord. And as for me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord. My spirit that is upon thee, and my words which I have put in thy mouth, shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, nor out of the mouth of thy seed seed, saith the Lord, from henceforth and forever. Now that is a beautiful promise. So, the words which I have put in your mouth will not depart out of your mouth, nor of out of your seed, your son or daughter, nor out of the, out of the mouth of their son or daughter, and so forth. He says, saith the Lord, from henceforth and forever. That's a long time. This is three verses of nothing but blessing. And so when Israel came out, they'd been restored. All they had to do is keep their nose clean. Joel 2, 28-32. Now see, I'm putting this in here because we're talking about restoration. And it's also um, when you deal with 
uh, Joel and the prophecies therein. You know, and the Spirit of God being outpoured, there it's it's always related to water, you know, the refreshing. But this is re- really good, and it shall come to pass afterward that I'll pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see vision, and also upon the servants and the handmaids in those days will I pour out of my Spirit. And I'll show wonders in the heavens and the earth, blood, fire, and pillars of smoke. And the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. Make no mistake, God is in the remnant business. And these are, you know, you can you can find Joel in Acts as well. And so then you could also go to uh, a little shorten over in Hebrews, talking about a covenant. But we're going to move on. That's something you can read. Um, Hebrews chapter 8. You can read that whole chapter in there that that has to do with that. And they shall spring up as among the grass, as willows by the watercourses. You see, Judah right now, you know, at, at this time, they had been delivered. Their captivity was ending. Their Their blessings are going to return. And... Uh, when it says spring up as among the grass, grass stands for the land and a green, growing, prosperous plain, plenty of um, prosperity. It's not cursed. It's blessed. And they shall spring up as willows by the water courses. Uh, and we look at that as an abundant supply of living water promoting the prosperity of both people and land. And also, if you look at willows anywhere you go, Many of the willows uh, that you see, you, you can even eat them if you, there's certain kinds you can actually eat the roots of and stuff. But uh, they grow up everywhere and usually with, they're associated with a lot of water. And, and so, and of course when we talk about planting, you know, Psalm 92, 13 those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Verse 14, they shall still bring forth fruit in old age, and they shall be fat and flourishing. And I see fat here as not a bad thing. This is a prosperity, um, you know, and, and doing good. They're doing good here to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in here. In him, and I see these as as verses of blessing, just absolutely pure and and they really go with with this section in here because God is is taking a people that didn't have hope that now have hope, and of course they sinned, but God already knew they sinned, they've already paid the penalty, and so now God is going to take them. He's going to take the balm of Gilead. 
and he's going to heal them and he's going to soothe them. He's going to take the eyes and he's going to open them. You know, he's going to caress them and he's going to nurture them with his grace. And, you know, of course, along the way, it's going to be tough because where they came from. You know, coming back from backsliding is not easy. Coming back and getting back with the Lord is not easy. But see, the thing of it is, there's a grace of God there. And so make no mistake, Israel backslid, fell away from the Lord, and now he's bringing them back. Christians can backslide, and he can bring you back. You can have arguments with God, and he can bring you back. You see, I know about that because I argued with the Lord for a while. And Tower can tell you about that too. See, the bottom line of it is, is that as much as you want to look in the mirror and think you're perfect, we're not perfect. In Christ, we're perfect. And we have an image that we're to conform to. And sometimes we fail. But one day, there's a day coming that as long as we're walking in the area we need to be walking in to please God, when the Lord comes, we're going to be changed in a moment like unto him because we shall see him as he is. See, we have hope. But see, you're not going to inherit the nations of men. You're going to inherit the kingdom of God. And I think that's very important here. And I think in this whole thing, there is just... Tons of stuff to get out of that for restoration, for blessing, for understanding. And see, the fact that Israel's in the land and they've had terrorist attacks. You know why there's terrorist attacks? Because, you know, when Trump was in office, he commanded. And he followed a righteous path. And God actually blessed during that time. I tell people, although a lot of people hated him, they hated him because he would stand up and say, Jesus is in charge. And they hate that. The devil hates the name of Jesus. Make no mistake about it. What we've seen with the Biden administration has been a country that is no longer blessed. A country that is going to have trouble. That is not going to work. You want it to work. This country needs to repent. Now if you haven't listened to this Isaiah series. We've got a lot of parts. But we'll take you along a path. On how God deals with nations. And you'd be surprised. How many times you find things. Like mercy and judgment and warning. And how much of this sounds like America or some other nation you may be living in. Father, we thank you for this day, for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness. Lord, I pray that you would bless those that hear this when they do. I pray, Lord, that whatever their needs are, that you'll meet it. 
I pray, Father, that if they've fallen away, you'll bring them back. I pray, Lord God, if their families are unsaved, that you'll save them. I pray, Lord God, if their enemies are overcoming them, that you'll give them deliverance. In everything and in all ways, I speak a blessing to those that have heard this broadcast, that they will know the Lord our God and our Father through his only begotten Son, Yahshua, Jesus Christ our Lord. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, and the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word in Jesus' name. And it's okay to believe. It's okay to reach out. Believe for your miracle today because God is in a miracle business. Amen. Okay, Tower. Amen. I love that chapter or the study tonight. God is so amazing. He's so wonderful and his love is behind beyond anything we can comprehend. And those and I'm thankful for it. I'll tell you I'm very thankful. I know those verses I love. And and you can yeah, you can find verses in in the Old Testament that you can stand on as a Christian. You can find verses that are blessing, Tower. You That's know that. Right. So our word to you is get in the word and claim a blessing walking walking in the Lord. We're gonna have to get out okay. of here. You got some time to say good night, so go ahead. Good night everybody. Thank you for joining us whenever you do. And look to the Lord, because your hope is in Him and not in this world. He's ever merciful and gracious and kind and good. And He loves you beyond anything you can ever understand. And we love you too. God be with you. Good night, everybody. Don't forget to go by our websites at warren-usa.com, danagladdensmith.com. Also, listen to the shows that are on that site. Read the articles. Also, pick up my book, The Rising by Dana Glenn Smith. And you can go on over our websites, and we have advertisements on there, special things, and it'll tell you where you can get it. But basically, you can get it in a lot of places, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, I mean a lot of places, worldwide. So check it out. Until next time. Be blessed, my friends. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.